years ago, they sent a machine from the future to kill Sarah Connor. They failed. Now, they have a new target. The future leader of the resistance, her son, John. He's all alone. You have to protect him. They know its face. I'll be back. They know its mission. But there's one thing they don't know. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. One programmed to destroy. The other programmed to protect. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back, back to Sylvester. It's been it's been a few weeks. We haven't played Sylvester mm-hmm. in a while, but uh, but she's back. And um, I love this movie. Yeah, this, I'm I excited mean, to talk about. Oh, this. I, I mean, back. I'm always excited, but I mean, come on, this movie. Oh, I know a lot. It's so good. Well, everybody listening, my name is Pete, and I'm Scott, and, and these, these are, are the movies that, that made us gay. gay. Yes, indeed. Got a great movie, got a great oh guest, gosh. got a lot of fun stuff going on today. So we Scott had writer and performer it. Lucas Zachary Hazlitt on with us to watch Terminator 2 A Judgment Day, directed by James Cameron, released July 3rd, 1991. Welcome to the show, Lucas. Thank you for having me. You You're came at the recommendation on. of a very good friend of ours, Ashley from Keep It Weird, yes, and indeed. any love friend her. of Ashley is a friend of ours. <laughs> love her. I love She's her. Like, I love. I love that man of hers. I mean, um, Joe and those and those beautiful <laughs> eyes. It's easy. All yep. right. All right. Mm-hmm. Watch they, it. They're they are beautiful, and you know, not to gush too much about him, but they almost look manufactured to kind of tie into what movie we're going to be talking. Uh, about. Oh, absolutely. They look kind of manufactured well, and fabricated. I mean, you heard it here first, folks. I think they're glass. They might I think be. they're both glass eyes. Yeah, they might be. Like I'll, Sandy Duncan. I'll, I'll poke them next time. Yep. Or next time we're we'll find out. Um, so, I mean, right off the top, we do have to talk about, the, I mean, the idea of this movie fitting into our kind of uh, theming well, of the show. I think that for our podcast, we have the certain genre of episodes <laughs> of the very specific type of action movie from the 80s or 90s that are just very hyper-masculine. Yeah. And just sort of, that sort of theme just fits naturally into our show. And, I mean, there's Mm -hmm. also lots of other, uh, well, not lots of other, but, I mean, there's very specific things about this movie that I feel like I latched onto as a kid, as, like, a little queer boy, just, like, I mean, I wanted to be Sarah Connor. I kind of still do. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I never, <laughs> I never wanted to be Sarah Connor. I very much wanted to be John Connor. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Very much wanted to have two big giant men fight over me. That's <laughs> very much what I wanted. As Cla- a child. Clad in leather. I mean, you get yeah. two members of the village people: the cop and the leather man. <laughs> Make a very special appearance in this movie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right. Well, then maybe I'm alone in wanting to be Sarah Connor. Oh, but, I did too. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's all that stuff, but I do have to say, uh, at at the tender age of I'm not even I don't even remember twelve, um, Robert Patrick's uh, bear behind. Oh yeah, definitely made me feel some type of way. I mean, the literally <laughs> the opening scene of the movie. Yeah. Well, not the opening opening, but the the arrival 
of yeah. the two men is uh, literally I was just like, excuse me, excuse- what's this now? <laughs> it just it, it got me. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all here for Robert Patrick's big opening. I yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, okay, Scott. So, so I've spent one, one too many um, of my, my days in L.A. in some, you know, fenced-in parking lot <laughs> being like, any day now. <laughs> I think, he's, like, I think he's coming. I Come think on, he's T- coming. T-1000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every time there's a little breeze, I'm like, here he comes. <laughs> so, Lucas, uh, one are sort of your – what's your history with the Terminator franchise and also just sort of – do you remember first watching Terminator 2, Judgment Day? Yes, I do. I, I, the very first time I saw the movie, um, I didn't see it in the theater. Um, so this was maybe one of the first movies that, um, my father had brought home from like blockbuster. Like we've got a movie and we, you know, I I very distinctly remember putting it in the, the V, the VHS, the VCR, the VHS in the VCR and the, Family kind of watching it, and I was not really supposed to be in the room watching it because this was a fucking R-rated movie, and oh, I, was, yeah. I was seven. I was like seven or eight years old, and just slowly kind of sneaking and seeing and what's going on, and the just being the, – the, the scene that completely floored me because um, I didn't get to see it in its entirety in that first watch. The one scene that fucked me up uh, was like I got to – Go see this movie on my own somehow was the entire sequence in the uh, in the the asylum, the mental hospital. Oh yeah, I, I when I saw him come up the T one thousand come up through the ground yes. and stab the guy, I was just like, "What the fuck <laughs> is this movie?" Absolutely. So this movie came out when I was five, so not really on my radar at the time. And also, I grew up with like a sister too, so this wasn't introduced to me by like sib- like male siblings yeah. so this movie was really not on my radar but of course you just know the image of arnold and terminator yeah, like you course. don't even know what it's from but you know that's the terminator yeah. arnold schwarzenegger yeah. one of the biggest stars in the world and i also remember going to universal studios in the 90s and they had the state show I mean, is oh, it like sure. a stage show? It was like a hybrid. It, it was a, a movie and maybe 4D. There mm-hmm. was like the there was like the film, but then there was also actors running around and like the, your seat shook. And there this was... is is this the attraction that came out well after yes. the movie? They <laughs> yes. brought back like a seventeen year old. Yeah, this is probably around like ninety five okay. or yeah, so yeah. when they put it's it in. Just being introduced to drugs at the time. Oh, so yeah. A little slow on the uptake. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah, Never yeah. saw it, and thank God. <laughs> yeah, it was it was weird. So I feel like that was sort of my first kind of context of Terminator, and I sure. was just very fascinated with it. Yeah. But I don't think that I properly sat down and watched Terminator and Terminator 2 until I was in high school when the third movie came out. Oh, my goodness. That oh. I was just sort oh of familiar. Goodness. They're making Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines... And they're bringing back Arnold and love Claire Dane. So I have to watch both of these movies. <laughs> and I was working at the video store at the time. Okay. And that's how I got a hold of both of the copies. And I watched them in order. Okay. Terminator and T2. And I feel like most people kind of our age when they're introduced to this movie, they probably saw the sequel first. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And our, the, the first movie was a, essentially just like a successful B movie. Oh, yes. yes totally. The, the sequel is like. One of the best blockbuster yeah. pictures of all time. Which is interesting because Carol Co. Not is, a major yeah. studio funding this movie. This is true. Kind true. of an, an indie as well. But and yeah. 
what's the production company called again? Carol Co. Carol Co. just yeah. sort of has this past of just these cool genre movies at the time. I mean, they did like Total Recall. Well, Arnold worked with them a lot. Arnold worked, mm-hmm. the, worked with them a lot. So um, I think that they kind of went belly up shortly after ah. Terminator 2 came out. But um, I, And also, when I was working at the video store, T2 came out on DVD and it was a huge deal. Ah, so okay, I okay. rented this movie on DVD and I watched it. Right on. And I was immediately That's- a fan. It's one of the first DVDs that I bought because they came out with this special edition where it was like a metallic oh, uh, box. Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. It had thousands of hours of behind-the-scenes footage. And I was like, well, I watched them all. It was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you have to hand it to James Cameron. I feel like he uh, – I mean, he had a crew following him around making The Abyss. I think he was very mm-hmm. much cognizant of like, we're going to get behind-the-scenes featurettes. We're going to get documentary footage. Like – he he knows what kind of movie he's making and what kind of set he runs, and so I think he's very much aware of like I have to capture all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and these are these are not just you know small oh, little yeah. indie fair. These yeah. are huge productions yeah. that actually probably need to be documented just because holy shit, yeah. you're taking over parts of the city maybe we should document yeah. this this is, this is something special this is one of those movies when you go on the trivia for imdb it is like so long mm-hmm. it's you're crazy. just scrolling and scrolling the, the craziest thing that about this movie on imdb is it's also one of the the like the goofs oh, and the yeah, mistakes yeah, yeah. is so long there are so many mistakes <laughs> in this movie and it's like how does the greatest one of the greatest yeah, yeah. blockbuster filmmakers allow so many yeah. mistakes to make it into the final cut. It's we, crazy. We were just watching and when they were in the the final showdown in the lava factory, I don't know mm-hmm. what this place is. The, the lava <laughs> factory. Steel, it's, I mean, there's a another. Steel, oh, there you go. The steel mill. Steel mill third act. Odd stuff coming through. Um, at one point, they're like kind of making their way through the maze and I swear I just saw a huge like light. Like just a big sure. league light. I was like, that Definitely. is a, that is a light rig. That is not even part of the steel mill. There's <laughs> the 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 scene that always gets me is the in the the ravine with the truck. Mm-hmm. And th- so, like, first of all, the truck hits the ground and like the front windows clearly shatter and yeah. smash out. And then mm-hmm. literally the next moment T one thousands punching <laughs> through. And it's like, wait a second, I, yeah. I know I just saw this window come out. Although- and like the shit. The ledge that he motorcycles off of mm-hmm. goes from like triangle to square. It's clear they had to do some polish in the computer. Just, just little things that you're like, I know you see that. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. not crazy, am I? We <laughs> all just saw this. <laughs> I mean, well, that's the other thing too. Um, in today's episode, I feel like what we're not going to do is kind of do the super deep dive of like why the timeline doesn't work. Sure. Like, all, oh, you know, like sure. all that shit has been covered, right? We're not, sure, we're sure, not going to sure. like be unraveling or, un- or revealing like what, anything. What new. was sort of the thing with time travel movies that Terminator kind of came up with of like the alternate timeline the, of like, we're starting something completely new. The grandfather paradox. Yeah. Of like, uh, yeah. John Connor being Kyle Reese's son and John mm-hmm. Connor sending Kyle Reese back in time to sire him. And then when you get like Rise of the Machines and Salvation, you get these weird parallel timelines too that are kind of 
fractures from Terminator 2. It gets very confusing. It gets very confusing. It, it go, the first movie – um, I just so the audience at home knows, um, I studied philosophy ah. in college, and so one of the first movies that triggered that passion of overcomplicating a movie was also T two. Uh, my aunt and I were like, we did a whole. We were like, we, this was back when I was a. I've been nine, ten years old. Yeah. We drew timelines <laughs> on oh. whiteboards of like oh. diagrams. The nuclear bomb gone off for the the second movie to work uh. for the third movie to work. Like, because uh, so the first movie hinges on a grandfather paradox. Right. Mm-hmm. The second one hinges on an ontological paradox, which is slightly mm. a slightly different paradox. The second one being about information. So like she only knows uh, what the future holds because someone from the future comes back and tells her. But if they are changing what's happening, then the information she holds is technically meaningless because right. you've already changed. Right. Yada yada. So the movie by its by force requires there to be the, a, a kind of multiverse for it to make mm-hmm. sense. Otherwise, you then have to go the lost route of you're all the timelines are happening simultaneously and you just aren't running into one another. And sure. so it's just like <laughs> yeah. there's a thousand Terminators at once. There's yeah, a thousand yeah. Con Connors. There's thousands of Sarah Connors. And so that's a little more complicated. Okay. But that's kind of what. You know, we are almost in tenant. Yeah, yeah. No one at home is seeing me do the tenant. <laughs> the, the tent, tenant, tent yes. hands. Yes. Well, so essentially, what you're saying is that Reba the male lady is right when <laughs> she, um, when she tells Sarah, S. Apothemerkerson, when she tells Sarah, like, aren't we changing things? Like, just by you being here, you know, like, are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's right. And Sarah's like, no, 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 no. We still have to go and do this. We still have to go and like blow everything up. But she's like, no, you're like, just by you coming into my house and shooting my husband. Wait, did you refer to her as the male lady? Reba, yeah, she's Reba was, the male lady Reba, from Pee Wee. Reba the male lady from Pee Wee's Playhouse. That was the fucking male woman from Pee Wee? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. Mind blown. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think Pete always says that out loud whenever we revisit this movie. <laughs> and I'm always like, yeah, that's right. She is in this movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, my that's that just you know what I might have to turn in my gay card. <laughs> my pull was gonna be dude from Breaking Bad who plays a cop in literally everything from uh, the nineties. Sure. One of the SWAT guys. But you're pulling deep dives into Pee Wee. Yeah, and you're right. That is her, that's Reba. and that is the line read. But aren't we changing things right now? Yeah, look, bitch, we ain't got time for this. <laughs> I we, got the husband is dying. Let's go. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> my child has been psychologically scarred for life. <laughs> and yeah, what? Like, where's he in T three? That little black boy has and Jimmy, the girl, right? The son and the daughter have been traumatized. He What's comes the news story the next day. Their dad is gone. Yeah, well, blind up, up in a huge explosion. It's like, I mean, <laughs> well, we're just gonna write in one of the young girls that Robert Patrick talks to and asks him where John is. Is is that supposed to be the Claire Danes character? Oh God, no! I hope not. Oh, I mean, I think that I think that it me. probably I don't is. Have time for this. Yeah. No. And now, see, that's the girl from what was that show? Sh- uh, that spun off. Yeah, with the bunny. married with children. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, happily ever after. Yeah. Unhappily uh, ever after. Unhappily yeah. ever after. Yes. Thank you. Thank. You. It had a puppet. Words. Words matter. Words matter. They do. Words. It prefixes matter. Um. Yeah. So well. I didn't get to talk about my history. With oh this yes, movie. Just, so, go right so ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll throw that in there um, because I grew up with rowdy 
cousins. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched the hell out of Terminator One, and like, okay. it, right? We were raised on like our VCR raised us, and uh, Terminator One was a thing that we, that, you know, that we had. We must have either taped it off of television or bootlegged it somehow, but we watched the hell out of it. And I will never forget my cousin. Albert at the very end of the movie one time when we were watching it he was just like man look at Sarah like she's so buff now after like all that action and we were like yeah haha that's funny and then like you know cut to six years later that's like the whole idea Linda Hamilton doing like these badass (laughs) pull-ups pull-ups yeah Yeah. (laughs) on that upturned bed yeah so then oh and I love T2 because I mean, uh, Michael Bean, dreamy, right? I'm just fantastic. Loving, loving, loving I always, Michael Bean. I always miss his not in not scene. in the theatrical version. Though, yeah, yeah. I was going to say he's in a deleted scene of the director's cut that they went back and put in. I think on the first DVD release. Yeah, yeah. and whenever I. <clears throat> revisit this movie now i always expect that scene and usually the stream that we're watching yeah. doesn't have it yeah and i really like that scene it's just like a nice emotional touch in this movie that i think that it kind of needs so yeah i miss it yeah whenever i don't see it and i mean speaking of the first one being kind of like a indie b movie you know there's like a full-on like Hardcore love scene with, yeah. with Michael Beaton. Yes, with and, Brad Fidel's really bad piano playing over it. <laughs> yeah, man. And it's like, you, you see some titties. You see, like, mm-hmm. Michael Bean. Um, it's got her, like, awesome roommate, Ginger. With oh, the, like, love Ginger. Crazy it's, hair. Yes. Super tan. Mm-hmm. Right? Ginger's, Ginger's that's all about fucking her boyfriend. All about fucking the boyfriend who comes out in, like, bikini briefs to make a yes. sandwich after, like... The sesh. Mm-hmm. So, like, T1 had some, like, risque little elements in it that I loved um, as, a, as a young kid. We're also obsessed with trying to find the location that Kyle is running through. Uh, it's downtown. Where, and it's, where he steals his, um, where his he, Air Force Ones. Where he, where he steals oh, the shoes. Sure. And we always note whenever we're, walk, whenever we're walking to Precinct, we think that it's one of those, like, stores on Broadway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's the, that is one thing about both of these movies. They're so L.A., mm-hmm. but they're scattered. Yes. Yeah. The narrative of where they are, like one minute they're in Sherman Oaks, next minute they're downtown, next minute they're in Reseda. Yeah. You're like, this what? is not how this city is outlined, <laughs> folks. But mm-hmm. that's just how these kind of movies are made. Yeah, totally. And that was definitely at a time, too, when like I feel like – you weren't really thinking, is that the Glendale Galleria or the Sherman Oaks sure. Galleria? Is <laughs> sure. it both? Yeah, but us, like, idiots are sitting here, like, <laughs> trying to track it down. Um, so when this one came out, my older sister and I were very much like, wow, holy shit, we can't believe they made a sequel. You know, and to kids, that six-year gap in between, that's like half our lives, right? So, like, to us, we yeah, were like, sure. I cannot believe it took them this long to make this. And you probably weren't following the legal trouble with right. the ownership of Terminator, with the studio, French Canal, the, the Canal Production Company, oh, yeah. like, bought the rights studio to it. Canal. So, it was sort of a journey for that sequel right. to happen. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this movie comes around. We see it. I fall in love with it. And it just became this kind Summer of... Summer of 91, yeah. It became this kind of... Uh, it's so it's such like a cultural phenomenon. It's always on 
basic cable, you know, and I always had this kind of running thing my whole like teen years and in college was like, oh, if T2's ever on, like, don't call me. If T2's on, like, I'm I'm going to be late for whatever I'm going to because at whatever point I'm starting to watch it, I'm just going to finish it because it's like I have to watch this movie, you know. Um, but, yeah, there are definitely very specific reasons. I can just watch it because, I mean, it's it's pretty great. It's solid front to back, but also – I, I, I mean, still to this day, Robert Patrick walking towards the camera in those like mm. crazy tight uniform. I'm just like, oh my god, 4K. I mean, Thanks. what what <laughs> as an adult, if I were putting myself back into a John Connor mindset as myself, I'd have been like, slow the car down. <laughs> no need to hurry. He's coming. So might I. Riding away on your on your tiny little dirt bike, like, oh, mm-hmm. you, you think you can Ooh, think you can catch me? Out. Catch me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> from this butch queen, I want this little twig coming out. Yeah, absolutely. And really, the Robert Patrick look is completed when he has the spe- the sunglasses, the aviators, mm-hmm. and the helmet. The motorcycle like, helmet. That is some Tom of Finland imagery right there. Very true. He mm-hmm. does look like a giant, slightly uncut cock. That's <laughs> yeah. kind of what he looks like. <laughs> And so that really, and I mean, everything about the T-1000, if, you know, if you want to get Freudian about it, mm. he has two modes. He's a big ball of silvery jizz mm-hmm. and he's phallic <laughs> penetrative weaponry. That's all he is. Yeah. Ah, he can't yes. do anything else. He Stabbing either, weapons. You know, and so it's like, he's either coming or he's stabbing. Oh, That's geez. really all he has to offer. Wow. All right, now I'm going to think about the T1000. So I was a whole reading, different life. I was reading in the IMDb trivia that Michael Bean was mentioned to be the T1000 as just sort of like a mind fuck that we're going to design the T1000 to look like Kyle, and I I don't think that it really made it that far in production that they dropped it. Mm. That would have been interesting, I guess, but I'm glad that we got Robert. And I guess logically speaking, as much as you would like uh, like they could have done a sequence where the T one thousand looks like yeah, him, but then yeah. you but then you go oh logically speaking he can only imitate something he's physically touched sure so mm-hmm. I don't think there's much of Michael Bean left after that fucking explosion <laughs> that he was in in the first one yeah man jeez uh, okay so let I do want to talk a little bit about. Um, John Connor, like you said, you right. know, we, we, we want to be John. We want to be surrounded by these these leather daddies. Yeah, I mean, Eddie Furlong discovered at the Pasadena Boys and Girls Club, right, by the casting director, mm. just sort of plucked wow. off the street. This scrappy Why do those kid Hollywood from LA happen to everyone else but me. I know, I know exactly. <laughs> when I'm at the Pasadena Boys Center, they tell me to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get within 200 feet. I can't. <laughs> By the way, for the record, that's a joke. I would never be no. in Pasadena. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oh, you're almost here that's to a, be here in person. That's a little stab at, at, at my host. Yes, absolutely. They are podcasting live <laughs> from the home of Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Indeed, right down the road. Um, yeah, I mean, Eddie Furlong. It's with, this, like, with this, like, cute butch cut. Like, butch lesbian hair? Butch lesbian hair, I love it. <laughs> kind of. Mm-hmm. It's a little, you know, it was like skater-ish for the time. Yeah. Like at that time, it's like, you know, he had, it was that that was a cool haircut at the time. Um, yeah, the whole plucked from obscurity angle is very interesting with this kid. I'm, I kind of thinking, I'm like, 
he's the whole movie hinges on this character and they decided yeah. to not get someone professional mm-hmm. you know to play this role I mean, for every um, – what is his name? Henry Thomas right. who comes in and just wows you and you're like, holy shit, you are Elliot. Um, you Sometimes if you got to get the real deal. You just yeah. got to get that kid who's wearing a punk rock t-shirt <laughs> nine and they're like being an asshole yeah. oof in a boys and girls club and they're just like, yeah, that's the kid. Yeah. That's who – he would be. Yeah, totally. Okay. Here's the question for you then. Uh, since you Ooh. took so much time to like map out the events of this movie, what year is it set? So technically speaking, it's set in 1994 because the first movie is set in 84, 84. and T-1000, when he's reading the uh, mm-hmm. the police profile, says that John Connor's 10, 10 years old. Born around so this, yeah. in 85 or on my age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so we are supposed to buy that Eddie Furlong is playing ten. He's 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 a ten year old going on eleven. Sure, if if you will. Okay, because so- I would imagine that the he would be closer to eleven. Mm-hmm. Might even be closer to. I think it's ninety four. Yeah, but you would assume it's closer to ninety five because it's not like today was his birthday. Right, right, right. It's, yeah, you know. So I would imagine that he and I'm, and if you could pull up that screenshot, they do tell you the it's exact day he was born. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay, and then later on, Arnold kind of breaks down the timeline of Skynet, self awareness, yes. and Judgment Day being in 1997. Yeah, and he says something about you know Miles Dyson is going to do this in the future, and then three years after that. You know, Skynet, mm-hmm. you know, gains and, you know, self-awareness and then Judgment Day and all that. So I kind of at the time I thought it was supposed to be set in 90, 96, 97 because Eddie Furlong was 12 or 13. So to me, I was like, well, he's 13. So, you know, from 85, probably when he was born, I always thought around 97, but it couldn't have been because of how how much time. Skynet needed for the self-awareness and and Judgment Day because Judgment Day is supposed to be in 97, correct? Yes. So how old do you think his character was when he was taken from Sarah then? Yeah, that's a good question. How long has she been in the hospital? uh, Point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because he has memories of like weapons training and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. She took him down to... I feel like that's a little loosey-goosey because (laughs) remember that the so there's a couple of things that uh, – also, by the way, I looked up on Wikipedia just now. Mm-hmm. I, for some reason, I have a memory in my head of him. I think I might have assumed that I just added 10 years to, 94, to 84 when yeah. the movie came out. Yeah. According to Wikipedia, he was born in 1985. Okay. So the movie takes place in 95. 95. All right. um, Judgment Day, you guys had that, mm-hmm. August 29th, 1997. Um What's weird is she's accused – according to him when he's kind of filling in the details to um, Budnick from – Right. Yes. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. He tells her like she got busted for trying to blow up a computer factory. Right. Which is a weird split between the factory she actually blew up mm-hmm. and the factory she's – the computer factory she's going about to, to yeah. blow up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I was like, so she's blown up three <laughs> – Computer factories <laughs> by the end of this movie. So that's a little um, – that always bothered me. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, so that's always a, a that's a great question of yeah. like when how long has he been in foster care? Mm-hmm. Also, my sister is a social worker and I've never until this moment put that together that I should watch that movie with her from the point uh. of view exclusively <laughs> of being a California social worker. Right, right. Of like should like what what? You're going to put the the child of someone whose parent quite yeah. famously blew up a computer factory and you're just going to Give them to Todd and Janelle. Give them to Todd and Janelle. Like, <laughs> what? They're not qualified to foster this child. He might need. He might need some therapy. He might need yes. some special care. Yeah, yeah. And and speaking of therapy, that's a fun little Easter egg that I hope James Cameron knew what you. I'm assuming they knew what they were doing. Um, Sil- Silberman. Yeah. In the first movie. In the first movie. And yeah. No one who watched the first movie would fucking know that the cop psychiatrist. Would yeah. Know. Like, that's just a cool little Easter kind of a, a fun character to to write into yeah. the next movie. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm assuming Silverman left the police station before Arnold came he, in. He literally, th- this is a very oh they cross quick. paths, don't they? they? Literally cross yeah. paths, and there this you go. is the the right when he crosses his path, he says the then he says the famous line, "I'll oh, be back." All right, all right. That's yeah. That is that is very interesting. Um, I do love Todd and Janelle, though. I of mean, course. <laughs> They're a great. They're, they're such a, a great. Um, I, I will say this about T two just in general as a writer, as someone who is a screenwriter yes. and a TV writer. Um, I have never seen a movie that is so internally logically consistent. Right. No scene in this movie is contrived or extraneous or superfluous. Every sure. single scene follows what came before it. Yeah. And the addition of Todd and, and, and Jeanette or Janelle, whatever mm-hmm. her name is, um, that's quote unquote contrived, but it follows from what would happen to a kid right. if his mom blows up a computer right, factory. Right, right. She would be put he would be put into foster care. And so the fact that even those side characters that kind of get dis dispat or uh, what disposed of mm-hmm. so quickly, you give a fuck because those yeah. characters are trying. Like they give a shit about John. <laughs> and it, and they you know it's it's interesting. Not not a single wasted person in that Yeah, movie. and yeah. it kind of informs the character of John that John says that his foster parents are assholes, but he makes a terminate he makes Arnold check up on him. Yes. So it kind of yeah. informs yeah. that he does. This kid does have a moral compass to him. There's a shitty screenwriting phrase for that. That's the save the cat. Yep. Mm-hmm. He literally, um, or in this instance, save Wolfie, yeah, Wolfie. Um, or Max, <laughs> yeah. or whatever. First of all, can we talk about two things? That just okay. <laughs> two things. You're telling me. All right, hold on. Let me re- let me really phrase sure. this. I got I got to frame this perfectly so that this makes most sense. There is a moment in the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger is sewing up uh, Sarah Connor. She's they've been they just escaped the gunfight. This is their like moment in the corral where they're mm-hmm. just like they're in a garage, and this is the downtime moment of a, of a movie right after the big shootout, the big escape. And John Connor very childishly and innocently asks, "Do you know what you're doing?" And he says, "I have detailed files on the human anatomy." Right. To which Sarah Connor says it makes you a more efficient killer and he's like affirmative right however he did not understand 
what was wrong with John Connor's eyes. eyes when water was coming out of them? Meaning you didn't yeah. have information about lacrimal glands, buddy. <laughs> However, you were programmed to know how to come up with the fake dog, fake dog name Wolfie? <laughs> like, where did you pull that from? Who programmed that into you that you could pull Wolfie? Options, yeah. Unbelievable. That's, that's the biggest fucking gripe i've had with that movie for 30 years classic jim screenwriting i thought that you were going to mention that the t-1000 just was knew how to do some busy work and to slice some celery, some celery as he was waiting for the phone call well that's the thing they actually <laughs> cut out a in the in the the extended mm-hmm. edition the the director's cut mm-hmm. they tell you that anything he touches he uh, he doesn't just absorb their form he actually absorbs what they he is basically downloading their data okay so if he killed Jeanette uh-huh. he knows how to chop as good as she knows how to chop <laughs> like if, that just means that she was a badass in the kitchen yeah <laughs> I love that done, you know? oh man that's amazing um I also love when she off camera just like sabers Todd through the face, right? Brilliant. It's off camera, but you see the actress, Jeanette Goldstein, just looks over at him, rolls her eyes, just like this motherfucker. Yeah. Shut so your good. Mouth. Shut your mouth. I'm I'm busy. <laughs> it's just a really good little aside, her face when she's looking at him. Um, yeah. The and I, I love the way that uh John and Budnick both refer to Todd and Janelle as dicks. I dicks. Know. Your your foster parents are your foster parents are kind of dicks. <laughs> and then later on, John's like, "I know Todd and Janelle are dicks, but we gotta call. We gotta I call." Know, I love that. That's so funny. Also, just I'm I'm always I'm correcting myself. The actress's name is Janelle. Janelle. Yeah. yeah. The character's name is Janelle. Mm-hmm. Jeanette Goldstein, uh, so, uh, I, one of those kind of good luck charm actors of Jim Cameron. She's, she's been in, his, in like in four of his movies. She's a, she's played a Hispanic space bug hunter in Aliens. <laughs> she's playing this woman and like that poster behind you, yeah. she's playing an Irish immigrant yeah. yep. on mm-hmm. the doomed voyage of the Titanic. Yes, yes. I mean, she's got, her, and she's a Jew. She's yes. Jewish. She's I mean, got, she's got range. And her character in Aliens is, I mean, lesbian icon. Oh, my God. Absolutely. I was going to say her portrayal of Vasquez is iconic, would never get done today. Oh, never. Couldn't. Couldn't. You mean because of the be actress done. or because of the actual portrayal of the character? Probably period? Probably both. Mm-hmm. It has one of the most badass lines I've ever heard a woman say in a movie of when uh, Bill Pullman mm-hmm. is like, hey, uh, Vasquez, has anyone ever mistaken you for a man? And she's like, no. I already fucked that yeah. one. God damn it. Have you, oh, have you ever been mistaken yeah. for a man? No. Have, have you? you? Well, she's doing fucking pull-ups. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. Behind the neck pull Yeah, she's Jimmy yeah, Cam. Ridiculous. He loves his yeah. bitches doing pull-ups. He just loves it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So cool. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about the opening scene at the biker bar. Because sort of talk away. So so my mind goes now. We were just at the Eagle twice this past weekend, and we I'm did. just sort of we thinking the fanfic movie in my mind of the real gay remake of Terminator, where Robert Patrick walks into the Eagle instead of this like this like honky tonk. I want to see that. Yeah, I want to see that movie. 
<laughs> and he happens just to walk in on gear night. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> so wait, so you want to see Robert Patrick walk in? Yes. He doesn't have knowing to in full that Robert Patrick is going to brutally murder every <laughs> single person at that club. Whereas at least Arnold, it will just take clothes and exchange clothing with them. I mean, he you know he disfigured this one man by throwing him onto the mm-hmm. onto the griddle. But that you know. is true. <laughs> and also, every again, who is eating? At that, At that bar, I yeah. love the I love the look. I love the look the waitress gives him. Oh, she goes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she's the best. So you know, in Terminator One, when Arnold is first walking up to. Bill Paxton at the observatory. Oh God, I said Bill Pullman, didn't I? No, I think you said Bill Paxton. Paxton. I think you yeah, said, said, said Paxton. I think I said Pullman. Uh, I don't remember. Easy mistake, uh, it's though. Fine. Yeah, Bill Pullman was on CNN tonight. Didn't look. He did not resemble himself, and I was shocked. I was Ooh. like, "That looks like an old Bill Pullman." Yeah, sure and it was. It was old Bill Pullman. Uh, what was Bill Pullman doing on CNN? Talking about environmentalism. Ah, okay. oh, naturally. All right, okay, all right. Well, uh, at any rate, in that first scene, even on VHS, even on mm. a CRT vacuum tube television. Did you say a CRT? Yeah. Like a cathode ray uh, yeah, tube, yeah. but now CRT means something so different. On this CRT television, just teaching you, how come there was no black people in the first Terminator? <laughs> in downtown Los Angeles? <laughs> just for the record, I want to clear up because no one knows who I am. I am a gay black Jew. So I said Jew earlier. I immediately was like, no one knows you're Jewish yet, Lucas. Oh, Clarify. Man. And right. now I drop the N word, but I'm black. So there we go. Now back into the act out. Back They're to all the in LA. <laughs> With it. Yeah, well, but what you could see in that scene is Arnold's dong. Yeah. <laughs> you can definitely see it on our Blu-ray. Oh yeah. Transfer. I mean, on the Blu-ray it's like up close and personal. But on the old on the old cathode ray, we could still see it. You can see that swinging deck. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My my, but you know, in, I'm looking in, it up right now. I mean, hey, but in, you know, in this one, Arnold is a little bit more demure. He's got his little crouch down in, in the like time sphere. Yes, you know, well, when you when you've been in Hollywood long enough, yeah. you know how to hide it. Mm-hmm. Which is why, thank God, this was one of Robert Patrick's first roles <laughs> because you you see a little you see a little of a lot. Let's just put it that <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing in the, in this movie. The first thing we see is Arnold in this in this crazy biker honky tonk, and you're just like, all right, and it's the impression that he's nude. You're like, okay, we saw a little bit more in the first one. Now. He's the bigger star, so he doesn't really have to show, you know, the good stuff. But then when we get to that Sixth Street Bridge, yeah, oh my goodness, and I mean, shit, Robert Patrick, that like little teeny body, that yeah, 20, twenty six inch, that waist. little Robert Patrick frame. <laughs> I mean, look, the reason why I chose this movie to talk about <laughs> is because of that scene, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Literally, uh, again, I'm seven, yeah, seven or eight when I see this. Maybe even nine because, technically speaking, I saw it the first time on VHS, yeah, yeah. but then I watched it a million times later. I distinctly remember the first two erections I ever got in my entire life. <laughs> the first erection was in an episode of Nine Hundred Two One Zero when uh, Dylan and uh, not Brenda, Kelly. who's who was a um, fuck. 
Um, Jenny Garth? Brenda. Uh, Kelly? Jenny Garth. Jenny Kelly. Garth. Jenny Kelly. 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 Thank yeah. you. Um, Dylan, notice how I memorized the man. Oh, yeah. Not the woman. <laughs> Had no need. Not the blonde um, lady. But Dylan and Kelly are in the pool mm. cheating on Brenda. Yes. Because Brenda's in, the famous, like, Brenda's in France. Because she's in France. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the infamous, like, it's always been you. I always choose you. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, the, the, um, uh, the, the, the violation, the, the disloyalty, the distrust mm-hmm. turned me on. That was ah, my very first direction. All right. My second one was Robert Patrick. And I was just like, are, what, I don't understand. I'm, I'm, this is a guy. <laughs> this is a man. This is a man. And I'm attracted <laughs> to this. I would, I just would always rewind it and be like, I'm touching my penis <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> this murdering <laughs> vessel of death and i was yeah. like i don't understand what's happening to me that's the it's like that movie not might not have made me gay right but it sure did reveal <laughs> that i was mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so yes that that scene is is amazing yeah and it's like you know it is just so very james cameron like when you break it down it's like it's uh, it's an industrial kind of setting mm-hmm. underneath this bridge. It's bathed in blue light. There's mm-hmm. trash flying yeah. everywhere. There's lightning bolts coming out of the sky. Break out the wind machine. Yeah, you know, it's all these like Jim Cameron hallmarks, and then which I think has kind of become that too is you know this this man butt. Just you like- have to go through <laughs> this time thing naked. Yeah, because clothes yeah. can't love it. Can't go through. Love can't it. take anything with you. Love it. So I mean. If we want to really get down to it, is just are we just going to assume that the Robert Patrick face is just the template of the T one thousand, like they just built in a, a template face? You know, I honestly, I was thinking it should have I been the first. Fascinating mm-hmm. is the first person he kills yeah. kind of is also a Twinkie cop, mm-hmm. and so I always sure. felt that they were taking that. Yeah, but then also they have that cute little scene at the at the mall where the mannequin that he walks past is also silver yeah which i've never seen a silver mannequin before so that was interesting yeah but he gives that thing like a little wink um but yeah i guess if if arnold is just a mass-produced yeah yeah um terminator which by the way is not what they told us in the first movie no because in the first movie terminators were all different Mm -hmm. dudes but i guess in this new future because technically speaking it's an offshoot of that. The one. Terminator they found was Arnold's remains. Yeah. So maybe in that new version of the future that we're dealing with in Terminator Two, it is all Arnold. Ah, that's okay. Yeah. And don't they go into stuff like that in Terminator Salvation, where you meet the scientist that came up with the Terminator? And it's Arnold. And it's, and it's, Arnold. And it's like, yeah. and she's played by Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, well, right. Oh, 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 never mind then. That's, I, that's Skynet. It, Okay. Now I'm just confusing myself You're with confusing all of these yourself. movies. Yeah. There is um I I cuz I did not watch after Terminator 3. Yeah. I didn't watch any I watched some of the TV show on Fox um which I do believe a guest of yours. Yes. Thomas Decker was last, just on last Decker week. Yeah. Was <laughs> I think in he, the show. Did he play John Connor? Um, he did. He yeah. played, John, he played Connor. John Connor. And I think he played, I mean, I don't know if at the time he was openly, if he was out mm-hmm. at that time of his career, but he gave, he gave at least now looking back, he gave me the John Connor. I always wanted <laughs> was a, a confused little gay <laughs> twin running around LA with his mom, <laughs> just longing for that, 
burly man to oh, show up boy. in his life again. Yeah, yeah. And we also had Brian Austin Green as Kyle Reese's brother. Oh, yes. I actually have never oh, seen yes. the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Sarah Con- I'm telling you, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yeah, has some has some menses. The throughout. the first thing I remember in that show that I loved from a right from a narrative standpoint mm. is that they to to jerry rig the the timeline. Right, they just had them skip. Yeah, and it was like, oh, that's how John Connor survived. He yeah. didn't exist yeah. when the nuclear bombs went off. He, yeah skipped them yeah whereas the third movie you know oops kind of, <laughs> you know ruined that and yeah then the fourth movie the technical fourth movie did truly one of the most atrocious things i've ever seen happen at the beginning of a movie um i remember i i almost walked out i had to literally be physically restrained to finish the movie. <laughs> which one was that terminator salvation is, so when i say four i mean like Chronological timeline for oh, I okay. skip. I don't count Bale and all that shit. I don't count the one where they with with Game of Thrones chick Amelia. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm that going straight to the whatever duel. What is it? Duel of the Fates. Fate, fate of the Fury. Fate, yeah, like I don't remember. Yeah, um, the one with Linda Hamilton. Yeah, sure, the, the one with and Linda Hamilton doing her best. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes, in <laughs> mm-hmm. um, absolutely. And she was dope. Yeah, but the fact that literally right out the gate. You're gonna murder John Connor. The CGI John Connor. Yeah, that was crazy. I'm like, that no, was crazy. no, no. At least do maybe do a flashback when I'm already done with my popcorn. <laughs> I haven't even really gotten to the middle of the bag yet where the butter is. Yeah, and yeah, you're yeah. gonna kill off my favorite character. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not Terminator Dark Fate. I love Dark that I have Fate. zero memory of this movie. We saw and the we saw this too. movie like opening day. Yeah, and I feel like it. Yeah. I'm like Leonard from Memento, and I just can't remember any of it. Oh, great. Another movie where – well, I mean, that, <laughs> let's save that for someone else. Yeah, but yeah, another yeah. movie where, you know. Okay. So this kind of brings up uh, something that always kind of stuck in my craw about Terminator 2, which is, you know, the kind of role reversal of um, Arnold as the T-88? Uh I think T-800. T-800. The T-800, you know, and to Sarah, you know, he's the Terminator. He's, he's you know, the, yeah. She's who she was running from yeah. the first movie. And um, and in this movie, you know, he's kind of – he's come back and he's kind of the Kyle. He's the protector character. Mm-hmm. And now we have the T-1000 as the new big bad. Um, and like we were talking about before we started recording – I I don't have a really strong memory of it, but I kind of feel like the marketing kind of gave away the big gag before the um, movie was released. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember the original trailer because yeah. the I mean, well, I do remember the original trailer, but the the only thing I remember as a kid is that teaser yeah. where they just showed one Arnold after another. So it felt almost like he was teasing aliens. So this was right. basically going to be Terminators. Terminators, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't remember what the trailer was that kind of told you like, oh, Arnold's the good guy, I guess. Yeah. I feel like maybe it was just TV spots or something. But mm. yeah. And I think also, too, it was a different time. Like with, you know, with network television and also being a kid, I was just watching a lot of TV. So I probably just saw a lot of commercials for it. Yeah. So it might have been a ruin for me in that way. But I feel like this... The specific gag of this movie, it, it is real. It's it's really something, especially if you're familiar with the first one. And it would have been so cool to walk into this movie not knowing, sure, and yeah. then just being like blown away, like oh shit, 
and and I guess this is one of those things that I've I you know I've had so many disputes with friends of mine about mm. spoilers. Yeah, and there are certain types of spoilers that I feel like the movie is so just not dependent upon that reveal. Like that yeah. is an in, yeah. that is an important. It's, an, it's cool. It's yeah. in the reveal. first like twenty minutes. It's first thirty minutes of the movie. Probably earlier. It's in the first mm-hmm. thirty minutes of the movie. Yeah. yeah, and it's not it's not a, a spoiler in the sense of like quote unquote spoiler alert. Um, uh, uh, fucking a, my brain. Uh, <laughs> Janet Lee getting yeah. killed at the beginning of of Psycho, or or you know, uh, Scream killing off you know uh, Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. The idea that um, Arnold is the good guy. Um. I feel it was at the time must have just been like for people that truly went into it naked was just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, But then you got to deal with the rest of the movie, which is like, you know, so um, much. But just to there's this is an example. If we're going to uh, believe that the way the timeline works in in that movie is an example of the ontological paradox, because. They mention that that T eight the T eight hundred was reprogrammed, and it was reprogrammed by John Connor and Co. to appeal to John Connor. Right, but it only would appeal to John Connor following the events of T two. Right, he would. So mm-hmm. none of that. The fact that they sent the the T eight hundred literally should have said, "Don't worry, you don't die." How do I know that? Because I can't be here if you you right? sent me here, so I must succeed. Yeah. If you're doing the everything that happens happen timeline, if you're doing the you know multiple multiverse timeline of like a Back to the Future kind of style, right? Then it's like yes, I was sent back here so that you would be you would feel a certain thing about me. Um, it's kind of – it introduces an interesting ontological paradox of like, oh, well, then I think everything works out. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So at some point if, you know, if the T-1000 were to have caught John Connor and like snap his neck, then is Arnold just disappear back to the future style? Yeah, I don't that, know. I mean <laughs> Skynet never really – it was not really clear what their their physics endgame right. was. Yeah. Because is it like Tenet? Where if he actually got away with it, the universe just ceases. Yeah. <laughs> or and also, by the way, Tenet. I know. Which I loved, but still eye rollingly loved. How do we think that one little guy on the planet Earth can undo the <laughs> whole universe? You don't think there's time travel shenanigans going on all day in this big fucking thing? I mean, that's is Nolan Ball a little self important? I don't know. Uh, I was not a big fan of Tenet. I feel like it. I was just kind of confused in the entire movie, and it just didn't really add up to anything for me personally. Couldn't get the into it. The only reason why I bring that movie up is because I literally watched it yesterday for the two, 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 two palindrome. Ah, sure, sure, sure. Watch Tenet, and this movie T two, which also would have worked yesterday. Yeah. Um, I was referencing because, um. I said, as I said earlier, from a writing standpoint, mm-hmm. the scenes just—if this, well, then this. 
And because of this, well, now we got to do this. And because of this, we got to do this. It's yeah. a puzzle that really it's, fits together well. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tenet is more of a, if this, then this. But what if we crash a plane? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay. And then it gets a little bit logical. And then there's, but what if I got inverted? And you're just like, well, did, Nolan, did, <laughs> a, a slow unravel. Yeah, Don't yeah. tear the, you know. Anyway, yeah. this movie, T2. Uh, was very well organized in terms of how they get from beat to beat to sure, beat to beat. Sure. It's brilliant. Sure. Uh, it, it is a brilliant script, but also every now and then you just kind of – Jim Cameron throws out some yeah. – I don't know what you the, would I call mean, them. It's just those Jim Cameron screenwritery moments that just kind of when you watch it now just kind of make you roll your eyes. Just Ooh, think, what are they? What are they? Because I – I mean pretty much – a majority of Eddie Furlong's dialogue just does like, feel like it was written by like a thirty-seven-year-old man in nineteen ninety. Like him in the car, yeah. teaching him how to mm-hmm. talk. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. that's fair. <laughs> that's a that's fair. Cliched I mean, things like you know, it's a boy and his dog movie. Sure, yeah, yeah, like yeah. you gotta have. Some it's that type of movie where you have Eddie Furlong say, "We got company." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say the little cliche things like we got company, um, you know, John talking to himself and saying like, come on, John, get a grip. Like, nobody said, nobody yeah, ever get said, get a grip, John. Get a grip, John. Nobody ever like tells themselves and calls themselves by their own name. Things oh, like that that are screen, yeah. screenwritery things, you know? Now you're, now it's all, you're so right. Cause this, yeah, like, yeah. I've never once in a situation where I was like kind of bewildered, did I ever yeah. go, Whoa, this is deep, man. I yeah. heard, like this mm-hmm. is deep. Never said that. And I've say your own refer that. to yourself like, oh come on, Pete. Like, no. Come on, Luke. Yeah, no. Lucas, you got this. This is deep. <laughs> never. I've never said that. Certainly not as a boy. Yeah, exactly. As a yeah. little kid. Yeah. And then all the like, you know, obviously the Asta La Vista and all that stuff. But oh, what what got what got Scott the other day? Are you calling moi a dipshit? Oh, another indication moi. that also another indication that John is just like a little is a little gay boy. Little he, he quotes Miss Piggy. Okay, <laughs> you know why you're absolutely right that John Connor might be gay. If you if it's 1995, yeah, and you're quoting the phrase "hasta la vista." Mm. Do we all remember how that phrase became popular in, in American culture? Hmm. A little song. By Jody Watley, <laughs> where she's like, hasta la vista, baby. baby. <laughs> so you're telling me that for about seven years oh, that's been on John goodness. Connor's mind? Oh, jeez. That's a little gay boy. That's <laughs> a little gay white boy. He's been listening to his like, freestyle mixtape, listening to Jody Watley and Lisa mm-hmm. Lisa. Oh, my goodness. He At no point during the <laughs> mall do we ever see John Connor – Technically speaking, what you would normally see in those kind of movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially in the 80s, mm-hmm. is like they go to the mall and John and his buddy are like talking to girls yeah, 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 and yeah. like, you know, yeah, he is like, Mm-mm, no. I'm focused on manly. Like <laughs> yeah. Blowing up, you know, mm-hmm. playing this little video game <laughs> and you're just like, oh my goodness. That was another thing too. We're like, okay – you know, we're kind of setting up that John is kind of like a techie kid. He with can this, rob ATMs. Rob the yes. ATM. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, they're 13. What can they buy with $300 cash? Just like video games and 
Gum. They're going yeah. to the mall. Go to the movies. It's buy a lot toys. of money. They did not. It's from 1990, even 1991. Oh, yeah. Reality. But even 1995, yeah. $300 is, that was a lot. For a, for a kid, for mm-hmm. a 10-year-old? That's for a, a day? Yeah, dude. That's a lot of, that's a lot. That's a lot of candy and bubblegum. life savings. Yeah. yeah he, they're too young to buy, like, cigarettes and porn or, like, anything. Like, all they can do is blow it all in quarters. And that actually, by the way, is a really good point. <laughs> they're, they're 10 years old. Yeah. And they got money, and he's driving a bike around town, and they're going to a mall to play video games. Yeah. At 10 years old, I was like, what's this tape under my dad's bed? Uh, hello. Yeah. <laughs> about. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's some stuff they could have gotten into with, all, with that water cash. Yeah, but, you know, maybe they had other things. Maybe they were going to do that later on. I'm sure he was going to spend the night at Budnick's. You know, fan the worst weirdest fan fiction. Danny, Danny Cooksey in that mullet. Yeah. For the record, I was aging myself down. Yeah. Or aging them up to thirty. Yeah. So let's. I'm not going yep. to jail Abs- over a podcast. No, 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 no. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Yeah, Danny Cooksey. Uh, the the mullet's crazy, but it reminds me of the Guns N' Roses tie-in song. Oh yeah, that's right. right. You could be mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was on one of the Use Your Illusion uh, albums as well. I don't feel like it was. I think if you think it was just an exclusive to the album, the soundtrack. I feel like it was on the Red Use Your Illusion, which I don't remember if that was one or two. But Mm. uh, yeah, I I think if my memory serves me correctly. But there was a whole video with like clips from the movie. I feel like Arnold was like brought in special to do some stuff in the the Guns Mm -hmm. N' Roses video. Yeah, but um, I mean, those two crazy kids. What? Oh my gosh! So we have the movie on right now, uh-huh. and they just finished up the scene with Robert Patrick chasing the car. This is I, the cry scene. This, this is where is he the asks, yeah. "What's wrong with your eyes?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Robert Patrick, um, I've seen on his Instagram. I've just seen little videos here and there of him talking about. You know, people to this day will ask Robert Patrick about T two. Of, of course, probably as every single day of his life, as he'll be should, asked about yeah. this character. And he should be thankful that they're not asking him about uh, what's that fire in the sky, <laughs> like the alien abduction movie. So exactly, his whole thing was that he wanted to get to this point physically where he could run for these extended periods and not look out of breath. Yeah, right, because he's. Mm. A machine. And um, I guess the story goes, according to Robert Patrick, when he started to chase Eddie Furlong on the dirt bike in the mall parking lot, mm-hmm. he caught him. Yeah. On foot. Easily probably <laughs> ran up to the bike. <laughs> ran, ran up to the bike and grabbed it. And they eventually just had to put the bike on the truck mm-hmm. and kind of sure. shoot was it. That, was a stunt person driving the bike, or yeah, was, it was it a, actually also no, it was a stunt kid, a stunt guy riding? Okay. The, uh, the well, bike. also wasn't the stunt double a lady? Uh, for for, for Eddie, I believe that for Eddie, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that he later ended up dating her. You're kidding? Oh, yeah, shit. that was they were like a couple. I forgot about what that. a bizarre mm-hmm. narcissistic, <laughs> transgressive attack. Yeah, of, yeah. He's fucking his self <laughs> as. Played by a woman. Yeah. And she was also considerably older than him because... Much yeah. Older. Yeah, because she was doing stunts. I mean, may have been dating underage. I don't 19. know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's 18 or 19 years old. Yeah, yeah. So, that's crazy. I forgot about that whole... Yeah. I, to this day, I literally cannot walk down and in, like a flight of, 
you know, a, a flight of stairs that have like the stone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Cinder block. Going, um, let me see if I can do it without going like. Because there's some weird droning <laughs> horn that Brad Fidel uses, which is like symbolize the T-1000 yeah. swooping around. It's yeah. To this day, I cannot not think of this movie when I'm walking downstairs. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that shit just got me. The 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 score is crazy. For this movie, there, but not just the score, but there are a lot of interesting kind of motifs that they use, especially mm. with the T one thousand. And you know, I mean, going all the way to the end in his iconic like death. Oh, in the I mean, in the molten lava. Well, wait, the T one thousand death T-1000? or the, the thumbs up T eight hundred? I'm talking about the T one thousand where he like yeah. roars like a lion. Like yes, <laughs> and they're playing there. It's it's like the a horns. whole bunch of. T- horns yeah. that they're like warping and it's like mm-hmm. and you're like what yeah, is happening absolutely that yeah. image of A-tonal. robert patrick frozen is so fucking cool in the in that the scene was nitrogen. on right before we hopped on the car uh, the call. on the call yeah it's so cool the liquid nitrogen mm-hmm. like yeah well what we're commenting on as we were watching it in this most recent rewatch is the you know obviously this movie was groundbreaking for a lot of things, but one of the biggest things is the CGI, right? Yeah, this is one of the first yeah, movies that had a full CGI character, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think we have this idea in our head that there's a lot more CG in this movie than there actually is. Mm-hmm. Because there's oh, sure. so much practical shit in this movie. There's a lot of animatronics to in it, puppets. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only CGI in this movie is just... The T one thousand, when he's transforming, yeah. when he's fully liquid, or when he's shot, and it's supposed to be liquidy. Yeah, everything else is practical. And yes. even when he's shot, I think that some of the bullets are like prosthetics that they some are squibs that, that yes. they put on him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're just um, like little little silver like mm-hmm. like flowers that are just like it, stapled it's, on. Them. It's the that movie, this movie, T. T uh, T two mm-hmm. and Jurassic Park, which comes out two years later, yeah. are the best examples to to date. Mm-hmm. Even more so than I think um, movies like The Matrix and and all the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm-hmm. This is still the the these two movies are this are the which is ironic because they're the first two that really yeah. did this. Um, that CGI is supposed to only achieve what is not achievable yeah. by practical. Yeah. Shouldn't be using CGI to do what could otherwise be done in reality. Yeah. And so a dinosaur running yeah. full speed for a, you can't do that with mm-hmm. a fucking machine. Yeah. So naturally, yes, do that with a computer. But if you're you see a lot of movies today where you're, even in TV where you're CGing I think when we were we were watching the scene. It is the fantasy scene where Linda's having the dream, and they're up on Dodger Stadium, and they made this full playground. And I was thinking, now it's like if Jim was shooting this, it would be all a set extension that you wouldn't actually go get. You wouldn't actually go to the location and film that. Mm. That you would probably just build a small version of that and then green screen the Mm. city in it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, don't do that. We just saw Moonfall with Halle Berry oh, and you're Patrick Wilson. Missing out. I mean 
Well, wait. You're welcome. Let me. Is it is it a movie you watch for the same reason you watch like House of Gucci, or is it a movie you watch because you actually there's it actually stands up and it's like oh this is actually a pretty oh no it was Moonfall is fucking wild bat shit yeah this is a Roland Emmerich movie yes yes, yes. how does he have a lot of nerve to I mean that queen talk shit yeah. about other movies it's like look at your filmography <laughs> you are a dis- you lit- you are a disaster so like, my goodness there are several scenes that take place at the Griffith Observatory. A place that they can just yeah, you can just, just go to the Griffiths right, Observatory it's right down the road, bitch. This was some like Rue Holiday Christmas green screen extravaganza nonsense. Why did they have to build a digital version? No. It's right of the there. <laughs> it was so weird. It was get it. jarring. It's jarring. Hype, yeah. But it's yeah. right there, boys. It would I mean, be jarring regardless if you lived in LA. You know why? Something doesn't look right about there's it. There's just never any parking there. Let's be real. How, how 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 can we expect them to get all the way up to the top? Get one of those red <laughs> helicopters that usher out the, the passed out hikers. Just Seriously. Don't, don't CGI a, an LA land. Actual pl- real place. It was also, so weird. not a functioning observatory no anymore? not for years so. yeah. was it ever actually built as a functioning observatory yeah, it was for a long time sure okay. it just seems like a city like la or, or you, you why you the the light pollution yeah would be devastating well, to your they're research all, they're all up on mount wilson no. yeah maybe not when it was built in like yeah. the 30s the also, 30s also yeah. like terminator connection because the opening scene yeah. that's yep with yeah. arnold yeah, absolutely yeah. At the yeah. observatory, but, but you're you're absolutely that's right. There, that th- that's also real, Jim. That a bunch of punks are just hanging out, yeah. looking at the stars. <laughs> where where Jimmy Dean died? Like, come on, <laughs> that movie's pretty unnecessarily. Yeah, both of this whole franchise is a little. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you're absolutely right about the idea of this movie and Jurassic Park specifically. Also, Death Becomes using, Her. And Death Becomes Her. Death Becomes Her in 92. Sure. Yeah. That, 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 the, mm-hmm. that seems to me to be the triumvirate yeah. of practical and CGI yeah. is Spielberg, Zemeckis, mm-hmm. and Cameron. Like, those yeah. three guys nailed it yeah. from 85 to 95. Like, th- they... Yeah. I mean, Forrest Gump is another example of, like, using CGI just to do what you literally can't do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't yeah. shot, saw off Tom, uh, uh, <laughs> Gary Sinise, Gary. Gary Sinise's Republican legs. Oh my goodness! Do you think Gary Sinise looked at all that blue on blue around his legs and was like, "Make it red, make it red, sto- red stockings, or I'm walking." But you know, talking a little bit about the uh, quote unquote mistakes in this movie, there are certain things that after you've watched it. For thirty years, a million times, you know, yep. and it's it's when you know when Arnold is, shoots the T one thousand point blank in the face. There's a sure. split second that you can see the puppet before it splits open. You know, oh sure, things sure, little sure. things like that. There's the one shot of the T one thousand flying the helicopter with three arms. Yes, but I don't know if that's on purpose or if that's, that's that is an actual gag. Okay, like, he's literally created a third sure. arm to pilot. He has, the, a, he has a lot. Yeah, he has a lot to do in that helicopter. Yeah, he does have a lot. To do. Um, he multitasks. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he's he's very. The, the, as, but here's the thing that's funny because the later Terminator movies, I think, actually do a better job of this. Is 
you're an advanced machine from the future and you still have to manually like you can't right. like just liquid put into your hand, the yeah. helicopter and become the copter you right. actually have to steer the fucking thing i thought that was a, a missed opportunity but maybe it was just too expensive and for 1991 yeah 91 it's just cool to see three hands yeah yeah also yeah. i feel like maybe like a 1991 helicopter is maybe a little too analog too mechanical very fair mm-hmm. you know totally fair not run by computer so yeah but i mean that's the thing you know when you watch these movies for you know for 30 years and they're on tbs in the afternoon and you're sure. just like i'm just gonna put this on while i'm you know like vacuuming or tying my shoes or whatever. Sometimes these little things just like I mean, stick out. I think this I is sort it. of why Jim never went back to these movies. Is I think that just making T2 was just probably such a fucking handful yeah. that he was – they wrapped and he was like, all right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm never coming back to this material ever. Yeah. You can write me a big fat check when like the sequel comes out, but sure. I'm not directing another movie. I mean it's – the – one of the things that you glean from the um, special features of that special edition 1999, 2000, uh, whenever that came out, mm-hmm. um, DVD, is you you learn that this movie took an incredibly long time to make. Yeah. And there are scenes – like the, the big Skynet shootout. There are scenes where the T-1000 will be like going up the stairs – and then he'll be in the fl- on the floor, and those scenes were shot like nine oh, months apart. Shit. Yeah, and it's like literally they're edited. It's yeah. it's the next. It's continuous. But like that 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 movie was a labor of love. Yeah, it's like yeah. that took them a long time to make this thing. We love to um, notice Eddie in this movie, and you can sort of tell what scenes were probably shot early in production. Oh, yes, and yes. What you can. scenes were probably. <laughs> From We're just later like, in production. Damn, he looks like a small child in this scene. What the heck? You can tell not only in how he physically kind of mm-hmm. alters, but you can tell his comfort with his acting coach. Oh, yeah. Because there are certain scenes where you're like, well, that was early because <laughs> you can't deliver that line for shit. And yeah. then later you're like, oh, there, you've settled. You figured out your yeah. method, your process. Yeah. It's yeah, believable yeah. now. Uh, what, do, what do we think of his uh, no fate but what we make speech? And uh, <laughs> I think it begs the question that was raised earlier. How much time did he actually spend with his mom before she got busted? Right. Yeah. Because why, why is she te- like at what age of a 10 year, if you're 10, yeah. when are you telling your son such a heavy concept yeah. that was only told to you on this one night 10 years ago? Um, you know, no, it, no fate, but you know what we make ourselves. It's just like, well, when were you told that? Yeah, because that's a little heavy. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it's to be giving a, a child <laughs> that age. Yeah, and he's just like, oh yeah, it's just this thing my mom used to tell me. He's not, you know, he doesn't seem like resentful about it. He's just I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Sarah just seems like a very intense mother, though. <laughs> so very. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. she had a string of boyfriends yes yeah i mean she probably yeah i mean hooked up with some army guys that could was she was teach she, her a lot of this stuff was she fucking enrique mm-hmm. she was definitely fucking enrique because <laughs> notice how enrique's wife is always in the background yeah. <laughs> hovering he around was, sarah was very excited to see her show up <laughs> he does literally say uh i'm okay I'm not going to do it verbatim because I don't sure. remember the line exactly. But he mentions like, you know, just stop by and fuck up my life. He's yeah. broken up. a Sarah Connor has broken up a happy home. True. Mm-hmm. This is true. This is true. 
<laughs> yeah, because she does mention like, or, or somebody mentions like other guys that she's been dating, things like that. When does he talk? It's him. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he and and the Terminator are having that. Uh, I think you might actually be on the. Oh yeah, look at that. So uh, I I love passed. I love those sunglasses. <laughs> she doesn't have them on right now, but she has some cool sunglasses. Oh yeah, with the like side mm-hmm. like flaps on them. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a performance that should have cracked the 91 Best Actress race. If you look at some of the movies and the performances that every once in a while get nominated now. Oh, yeah. You're 100% right. Yeah. And it's like. It's, 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 an, it's a masterful performance yeah. and it's that like, she gives. In did this. Bette Midler really need to be nominated for The Boys? No. Put in Linda. <laughs> she could have shared that category with oh like Susan and Gina. Susan, Gina, um, and Thelma and Louise and like Starling. Agent oh, Starling from Sounds of the well, Lambs. That's Clearly. there it is. Yeah. I as much as I love this movie, yeah. I must say, no one was beating Jody. Had to be Jody. No yeah. one was beating Jody. <laughs> Speaking Jody. of iconic lesbians. Icon- yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, you know, if Sigourney got a nomination for Ripley she got for Aliens. Yeah. yeah. Um she's that's a really good point. I mean, the performance that Linda gives mm-hmm. is not that much different. I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a hard woman who's doing something out of love for her child, but mm-hmm. has to be super masculine in order to achieve it. It's it's and this scene right here, oh, one yeah. of the most blood curdling screams this is in the, movie history. We're we're at the scene where they're up at Dodger Stadium, and it, it's the it's the playground looking over downtown LA. So the amount of explosions in this movie is crazy, and they are yeah. gigantic explosions, like this yes. one here. Uh, I think that's Linda. levels the city. I yeah. think that's um. I, I think that little boy is Linda Hamilton's son. Oh, okay. Little baby, that she's with little right baby now. John Connor. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This explosion levels Los Angeles. Uh, it rips the meat from her bones. That is wild. How? Oh they, yeah, that, that shot is crazy. It's insane. But you know the explosion at Skynet or Cyberdyne, whichever one it is. That explosion is freaking huge. Like yes, I mean they blew up a building. We looked. We looked building. it up. That was shot in Fremont, California. Mm-hmm. Where I was curious of like where it was. Yeah, like the Bay Area. Yeah, mm-hmm. Central say, California. Central or Bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but oh yeah, my there's, gosh! There's insane like ex- like this. The effects in this movie are crazy. The they flew a helicopter on the freeway under an underpass. An underpass. Wild. Like yeah. what? What helicopter pilot is like? Sure. Uh-uh. I got you, fam. Let's do this. That movie is really it, it, if you you can make a long list of like iconic highway yeah. chases. Yeah, and this movie yeah. is lands pretty top top ten, yeah. top five on that list. And to do that highway chase at night, mm-hmm. like that probably sure. like made it even more crazy. And just getting coverage oh, of God. all of those scenes, How? crazy. How and and unlike today. Did not build yeah. a freeway. A whole new that. freeway. This Matrix. is an L.A. freeway. Matrix Reloaded style. Did yeah. yeah. Didn't they build that freeway for Matrix Reloaded? Yeah. For Matrix Reloaded, they yeah. built a, a, a section. Of, and I will I will give them this for Matrix Reloaded. Brilliant. I'm, I'm assuming the, scre- the, the screenplay was written first, mm. obviously. Yeah. But I would imagine they wrote this uh, – moment because they actually knew they would have limited freeway they drive down the freeway and they have trinity turn around yeah <laughs> yeah go back she now goes back the other way and i'm like now that's a brilliant use of limited, <laughs> limited space yeah, like, yeah to yeah. make it narrative plausible that uh and that just reminds me 
again, this has nothing to do with gayness, but the, <laughs> the if you were to break down what it is that this movie uh, is in terms of its actual plot points, mm-hmm. uh, it's a it's it's a simple movie in that what is the actual plot of this movie? It's mom, son, and robot escape to some Mexico outland <laughs> and turn around. Yeah. They gotta come That's back. what the movie's yeah. about. Yeah. They drive out to Mexico. They go, no, we got to go back. <laughs> turn around and go back. Yeah. That's the whole movie. And sometimes it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Because the last hour of this movie, it goes from the, the Miles Dyson's house to – Skynet, yeah, to the final showdown at the factory, and it's like. Meanwhile, when you look at movies like Salvation, Genesis, and Dark Fate, it's just like how many just scenes upon scenes are in those movies. I just it doesn't make any that I I can't really remember a lot from those three movies. Yeah, yeah, too because there's 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 one there's too much going on. Yeah, and two the things that go on no one cares about. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, this I care about. It's simple. It just kind of speaks to that Cameron style of screenwriting, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, even with even with Titanic. And I yeah. think even to an extent with Avatar, it's that thing that you said where, you know, he kind of, everything sets up everything else, yeah. especially really in a movie like that. especially in a movie like Titanic. Yeah. Every, mm-hmm. You know, setting things up and then paying them off later on in the movie. I mean, Titanic is really smart in their use of time. They know yeah. there's a limited number of days that this yeah. ship has, so let's actually make use of day one, yeah. day two. Uh oh, it's yeah. like they're really good about uh, about that. Titanic um, is also really good in location of Jack and Rose in their emotional journey in the story. That they begin the relationship at the back of the ship where she's about to jump off and they gradually work their way to the bow of the ship where they have their I'm flying moment and then they end up back at the back of the ship when the ship goes down. Brilliant. Like kind of great screenwriting. (laughs) And to to heft that up a little bit uh, because that's 100% correct but that's that's two-dimensional. Yeah. Now add the third dimension. The lower they are in the ship the happier they are. Yep. They get all the way into fucking storage and they're fucking and have making love. When they're on the fucking top of the ship, it's miserable. Constant pain and suffering is happening up there. So there's there's narrative Damn. is ship length yeah. and emotional growth depth. is yeah. the depth. And it's, it's, wow. he's, he's, it's as if he's smart. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, and then there's all the other, the other stuff where it's like how much – credence do we give to the like jim cameron as a iron-fisted tyrant but you know running the thing about the iron-fisted tyrant is that he's done everyone's job on a movie set and he can probably do it better than those people can that's true yeah Yeah, i i think when you work for for cameron i'm assuming you know going in like I'm only hired to do this for the moments that Jim's not doing it. Himself. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a proxy. Like yeah, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. here to do. Yeah, oh, Jim yeah. can't do the computer. I'll do the computer. I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's very spot on. Yeah. Who's yeah. the um? Who's the B movie? Roger Corman. Roger Corman. I mean, Roger James Corman. Cameron yeah. just came from that school of yeah. DIY movie. Yeah. That just John that. 
just Roger Corman just yeah. sort of like created this niche for. Yeah. Well, I mean, is that who taught him how to uh, marry his leading ladies? <laughs> yeah. And also your your producer, too, Gail Ann Hurd. Yeah. We, we haven't mentioned Gail. He leaves, he leaves Gail for Catherine. Catherine for Linda. Oh my God. Linda for Susie Amos. Yeah. And she's going strong, baby. Yeah, man. How has mm-hmm. that one lasted? Shit. She's going to be the one that inherits it all. Yeah. I think it's because if you look at the movies he's done since Titanic, it's like you can't bag Sigourney. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's, yeah. she's a little out of she's, yeah. she's too precious. Yeah. 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 Michelle Rodriguez. <laughs> that face is going to put up with James Cameron. I don't think so. Oh my goodness, that's amazing! I love that. Gail and Hurt. How about that shit? When you watch movies like Terminator One, and it's just producer Gail and Hurt. Period. That's badass. There was a, um, a Netflix uh, movies that made us. Right. So this is movies that made us gay. Yeah. This is movies that made us. Period. Um, and they do an episode of Aliens, mm-hmm. and that is the that is one of the narrative through lines of that episode is that Gail Ann Hurd had to. The, the British crew did not yeah. understand a woman is the producer. <laughs> and she was like, oh, you will understand, motherfuckers. <laughs> you will understand. She's a – Yeah. Later- she's she's – that's where that leading lady, oh, yeah. Sarah Connor, gets oh, yeah. her oomph from is you look at Gail and you're yeah. like, oh, you're Sarah Connor. <laughs> like you are the producer version of her. Yeah. Tough. tough Later woman. reunited with Linda for Dante's Peak. She produced Dante's Peak. Ah. And there it lies. Oh, okay. You're only a good, as good a producer as the script <laughs> and the director. And director. And uh, the I, I love Dante's Peak though. <laughs> Well, I love the scene where the grandma burns to death. Oh my goodness, the grandma in the in the boiling. She's too much. I love her. Yeah, the grandma was an asshole the whole time. Did she have a coming? Maybe. <laughs> That's for our Dante's Peak episode. <laughs> but I mean, this movie's insane. T yeah, two. It's, it's like so it's, good. it's. I think the other thing too is that we take. A lot of it for granted. You know, like I said, we take the CGI for granted, but we just, it's been around for so long and it's always there, always on that we're just kind of like, oh, TT, this is great. But when we really break it down like this is when you're just like, fuck, man, what went into making all this for us to be able to just like make stupid gay jokes about it? It's such a fun, it's (laughs) such a fun, I mean, I love it though. I can't say really perfect because there are flaws in a movie like this, but it's one of those things that the movie's so good that they could never really make a sequel work. After right. this movie, because it's, it's just like, where do you go from here? Sure, yeah, of yeah. course. Um, and we, I mean, and just to you want to talk about it was it was smart of James Cameron to cut the original ending, mm. but you want to talk about one of the gayest, most saccharine endings ever. The original ending of this, for those out there who do not know that this exists, <laughs> which is a in its own way a callback to the playground, mm-hmm. is is it's now thirty five or something years in the future, and Linda Hamilton's old crusty ass, yeah. her narration, she's in a dictaphone, but she's <laughs> she's she's been reading this and saying this into a dictaphone her in two thousand thirty something, yeah, <laughs> and she's watching uh, uh, John Connor. In that park, spinning, you know, on a merry-go-round, nothing special, just a normal, boring park. Again, twenty thirty-five. Yeah. And her narration is something like, 
you know, he's no longer, you know, fighting battles on the battlefield, but battling them in the Senate and Congress. Uh, like, oh, what? No. I have he's never, got... I've never seen Oh, this. you've never seen it? No. Oh, yeah, it's, it's awful. This sounds fucking wild. It's the most, you it's the only way it could have been worse is if Cameron panned off of the park and there was just a giant rainbow. Yeah. It's <laughs> the only way it could have been worse. Yeah. It's bad. And, you know, he wrote a similar ending, kind of that corny for Titanic. That they cut, that Bill, Whoa, that yes. Bill Paxton sort of is talking old Rose from like throwing the diamond the in, and it yeah. would have completely ruined the movie. Yeah, not only it would have ruined the movie because you would have known where the diamond. Is. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just literally right beneath you. <laughs> yeah, um, that seems crazy. It almost feels too like isn't there a similar thing in uh, a similar deleted scene in Aliens with Sigourney Weaver on a park bench, thinking about like her. But that's not that's not the ending. Oh, it's not the that's end. in the. No. That scene, it's like is actually I think pretty important. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, she's in. on a park bench because sure. it's like a digital screen in the future Holodeck, showing her yeah. park, but you know they're in space. She's on a yeah. spaceship. And she's she's crying over the death of her her yes. real doc, who's an old woman, which, yeah, dad, yeah, an old woman who's like yeah. fifty something years old, and that just sets up her relationship with Newt, with Newt why she needs yeah. that. Which I'm like, you can't cut that out. The whole mother angle in that yeah. movie is was so brilliant, yeah, yeah, and just sort of informs the tragedy of a character yeah. like Ripley, yeah. Well, the deleted scenes from T2 that aren't stupid are some really cool stuff about uh, how the T-1000 was glitching after it got a spoiler yes. uh, in the factory. We mentioned uh, the scene that I really like with Michael Bean, kind of yeah. this mm-hmm. this nice soft moment with yeah. uh, him and Linda that I, I really like. Yeah. Um, Linda Hamilton's career post T2, interesting. Um, you know, she got uh, Beauty and the Beast – you know, mm-hmm. got, a, got, got a good couple seasons out of it, you know, got a good it, syndication, was, so she probably got some... Was Beauty and the Beast before T2, though? Oh, maybe it I was. I think it was before T2. I think it T2. was a little before uh, Maybe it was. Mm-hmm. It was like I think it was like 88. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Well, she did get Dante's Peak. She got Dante's Peak. Yes. yes. That was her comeback, if you will. Her fierce... Yeah. Her fierce... Uh, she her, was like... Her fierce mayor, town mayor. Mayor. Mm-hmm. Mayor of this town with like she, a, a She mop. runs like a, like a general store, <laughs> but is also the mayor. Um... Eddie Furlong, I mean, you know, he's he's had his troubles. Yeah, that's a shame. It is. A I shame. mean, Detroit Rock City dated. Um, dated Natasha Leone for a Natasha while. Natasha Leone, yep. Yeah, dated yeah. Paris Hilton for a little bit. Oh wow, mm-hmm. how about that? Um, I mean, the movie that he does after T two, I'm asking someone who listens to this, may you do brain scan <laughs> as a movie that made you gay because there's some. His relationship – first of all, the relationship with him and that brain scan master, little gay. Oh, jeez. And his best friend essentially is like, yo, I kind of want to suck your dick. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, okay. I, I oh had some God. thoughts. I was like, okay, brain scan. I've never heard of this yeah, movie. Yeah, Scott's not familiar with A teenager is a part of a interactive video game where he kills innocent victims. <laughs> Later, the murders become real. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll uh, maybe maybe we'll introduce that one to Scott and and we'll I do. I've never on, heard of this movie. I mean, he also did iconically uh, Pet Cemetery Two. Yeah, which a- another very gay movie. <laughs> um, and then he, um, his what I thought was his redemption movie was American History yeah. X. Uh, oh, yeah. He's mm-hmm. absolutely brilliant in that yeah. movie, and it's a shame. 
because it, I, I'm assuming it's right around there mm-hmm. that he starts getting yeah, a little yeah. mm-hmm. bang boom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. His if you know his two thousands credits are crazy. It's like these crazy, these weird B movies that I don't know if they exist. Which crow did he do? He does a, a, a John Waters movie called Pecker. We love Pecker. We love Pecker. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. I'm just saying. I love Pecker. I'm just saying the boy has He's some got, street yeah. cred with the gang. Some mm-hmm. leanings. <laughs> yeah, John Waters, Christina Ricci, Pecker's amazing. Um, Robert Patrick, uh, I remember just kind of following his career, but not really being super into some of the projects that he's taken on but i do have to say 30 some odd years later robert patrick today he's like a biker daddy now yeah man yeah if you follow his instagram yeah man shit (laughs) can still hit it (laughs) i would love to see him go to that bar yeah now your fantasy can come (laughs) through he can go to the biker bar he could he could be one of the bikers at the bar yeah he can he can still hit it robert patrick i mean what a what a find for this character yeah you know what is his screen time in this movie 15 minutes i mean i would be shocked if it's more than hannibal lecter yeah yeah like I, he's really not in the movie that much it's no. hard to tell because he's i mean he's in it throughout but just these brief moments yeah and yeah. sometimes the character is there but it's in other forms that's very so, true. That's a know, good point. The, you know, the twin security guards with the red hair, you know, that are actual sure. twin, twins That's, in real life. They That freaked me out because, you know, when you're young, you don't really understand actors or actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I knew them because they were in Gremlins 2. Gremlins and they were too, like yeah. the lovable idiots <laughs> in, the, in the working in the like, – Lab. Yep, yep. So I was like, no, these, are, these are good people. Why are you doing this to your brother? Yeah, he, he his little uh, coffee poker poker cup. He's like, oh, must be my lucky day. Boom, Scrank. done. Yeah. <laughs> I but, love this movie's use of uh, identical twins. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't know that the Hamiltons were yeah. iconic how, twins. How yeah, about that? and they cut that scene out. The other one, yeah, the second, yeah. Yeah, where well, uh, he's like so okay. Around. So She's in the this mirror. this shot right here of Robert Patrick in the helmet and the aviators is so cool. <laughs> of just yes. like the fire reflecting off of his aviators, he looks so badass. Yeah, yeah. But um, for uh, for listeners, there's some shots with uh, Sarah Connor and um, the double, the T two. Is this at the Connor end when double. they're in the yes. when they're in? The steel mill. Mm-hmm. No, and, no, this is the garage. Oh well, there. Yeah, that's the, the deleted scene. No, or I was gonna, I was going to talk about the scene that was in the movie that was left in. Oh, where you sure, do see my her, bad. Sure, yes, yes, which yes. is at the end. But there is a deleted scene in the garage, and is she working on his head or something? She's, she, so there's a whole thing where he can, his learning capabilities yeah. of how he even learns language and whatnot is because they. First of all, they. I'm glad they actually took this out. It looks cool, but if you think about it, I don't think Skynet programs their Terminators to have a switch yeah. to learning mode. Yeah. I don't think that is how they would that doesn't seem very practical. He's been switched to evil this entire time. Exactly. <laughs> the Simpsons pointed out how stupid that would have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, in the in the steel mill, um, using her twin again to yeah. have T one thousand be her was I thought really smart. Yeah, yeah. But I mean this this movie like Sarah has such iconic shit in this movie that we kind of forget about. But you know she's she has had her shoulder like pierced. Yes. With mm-hmm. you know, she's been shot in the leg. She's dragging one like one foot behind her. Her one shoulder is 
practically dead and she's got this shotgun that she's just like cocking with the one hand oh my god and that that, that is one moment where the music is like it's like and it just goes and he does the iconic no one can see what i'm doing when yeah. he this, but he does the iconic yeah oh yeah robert patrick waving that little thingy yes yeah yeah that shit is that shit was great arnold cocking the 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 rifle spinning it around that john wayne shit Love right it. there like all that stuff and it's like yeah that stuff's put in there for probably like the straight dudes but it's like hey man i'm still loving this shit man and yeah. if it shoots yeah it's so you cool know, look it, and yeah. i bet i bet there are very few movies that would make a pacifist fag <laughs> go like i want a big ass gun and yeah, i want right. to go to the mm-hmm. desert and i want to shoot bottles yeah that movie did that yeah like, that movie looks cool absolutely the only thing it's missing is i wish that sarah went back to uh the big buns from the first movie and saw her waitress friend you're oh, de- you're dead no. you're dead honey <laughs> So okay. So fun fact about that actress that plays the waitress from that restaurant. That restaurant was filmed at a Caro's in South Pasadena. We always note it whenever we drive by. But that actress is in an episode of The Golden Girls. She actually might be in a few. She is Blanche's daughter from The Golden Girls. No shit. She's Blanche's daughter. Only like a fag like me would notice that. (laughs) That's a good pull. That's a good pull. The whole the whole gimmick with that is that she was a beauty queen. And when she comes to Miami to visit Blanche, she got fat. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's cl- that's a classic. Yeah, episode. That's yeah, a it's a really good episode. one. Mm-hmm. Um, Your day, my, honey. My, one of my favorite movies of all time is The Golden Child. Oh yeah, and I haven't the seen The Golden Child in years. Of The Golden Girls, they have a gay roommate. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. that, that roommate was in. He was like a stand-up comic in the eighties. Oh. He's in The Golden Child in a really small role, but that I watched that movie so much. That when I saw, you know, I did a rewatch of Golden Girls and was like, "Ain't that the?" And he ain't, and then he's gone. He's like, <laughs> yeah. never again. He's not Coco in the from the, from the Golden Girls. <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't seen the Golden Child in years. It's a funny movie. I used man. to love that movie as a kid. I love it. I hate that Eddie Murphy hates it. Yeah, he right. That. Oh, that sucks. And I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, that made me get a little too much yeah. on that out there. It's a little tight. <laughs> Eddie in those little tight leathers. <laughs> he did wear a lot of leather in that movie. A lot of leather. Oh, man. I want the knife. Yeah, <laughs> I want the knife. <laughs> I think the lesson we've learned here today is that movies today suck. And yeah. All of the movies yeah. of our childhood were awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, an, it's perfectly okay for studios to just let a franchise die. <laughs> yeah. Just because you want to tap into nostalgia and make another Terminator movie, it doesn't mean that it is going to work. And yeah. I think that's sort of the Thank lesson you. of Dark Fate. And we didn't hate Dark Fate, but just the problem is I don't remember any of it. Yeah. We didn't need it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't need it. And yeah. the franchise didn't need it. Yeah. And I think this is the perfect movie for our show because the whole idea is that these movies weren't exactly – catered to our sensibilities sure. but we just latched onto them and we're just like yeah i'll take it the unintentional take whatever i can get unintentional like homoerotic images of robert patrick and arnold <laughs> yeah and then and then yeah oh, first of all 100 percent. yeah that was the male gaze <laughs> is on full effect in this yeah um 
but I think one of the things that was unintentionally uh, that you latch on to is if you think about what John Connor's going through, where he's been told his entire life he was born mm-hmm. with a thing that made him unlike a lot of the people around him. Sure. I never thought about that. Uh, I mean, his I like whole that, life, yeah. he's like, I'm not like everyone else. Mm-hmm. My mom treats me a very certain way, mm-hmm. and my relationships are informed by the fact that I've been told I'm different. Yeah. yeah. I'm special. And when you are different and special, yeah. <laughs> you, you naturally go, yeah. And you have to the, – the people that you surround yourself with when you finally accept who you are are your Terminators. Yeah. They're the people that will <laughs> die for you. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's a stretch, but you know what I'm saying? It's like that, that really does, there is something to this that even as a kid you watch, you know, narratively speaking, this I think speaks to a lot of different groups of people yeah. who are like, this is mm-hmm. a little bit more than just a boy and his robot. Like, this, there's something really deep going on in this movie. Yeah. I think right about here, we're going to dig up that clip and edit it in of RuPaul saying, we as gay people, we get to choose our family. <laughs> oh my God. Perfect. Because she does, Linda Hamilton does give a nice little speech. About you know of all the would be fathers in yeah. all the world, this it, this robot was the mm. best of them all. <laughs> and, you're just, and you're just like, yeah, you found a hot leather daddy. Take <laughs> yep. this boy under his wing. Like, oh my god, it really does. It wow. really, um, it's a really special movie that Absolutely. I think speaks to all the kids out there that literally are just like, I don't belong. Yeah, yeah. but yet. I'm not losing my humanity. I'm not angry about it. I actually gain my humanity, particularly by my proximity to something that's not human. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, uh, there's that philosophy degree. Being put to you. <laughs> well, that, I mean, like what an eloquent way to put it. And yeah, I love it. What a great way to, to wrap up this episode, man. Thank that you so perfect. much, Lucas. Thank I'm glad you. that Ashley uh, texted me about you. <laughs> yeah. This to was a lot come of fun. on the show. I, you know, any chance to talk about my two favorite subjects are movies and gay. All right. <laughs> you did mention in our message exchange that you are like a crazy Nightmare on Elm Street fan. I so, mean, Nightmare on Elm Street's my favorite yep, we've, movie and movie series of all time. We've done nice. two Nightmare movies. We've done Freddy's Revenge and uh, Dream Master. So, See, yep. Freddy's Revenge makes sense. Yeah. I am going to go back and listen to Dream Master because I don't. I would love to hear how that movie made someone. Yeah, was it a girl? Because there's some lesbian kind no, of. No, it was a it was, it was a guy. It was a, it was a fellow homo. I mean, one of my just, favorite himbos in just, all of horror movies Dan. is Alice's boyfriend Dan. Yeah, fair. Yeah, uh, I you know I think we just really latched onto Alice. Yeah, and, you she's know, pretty Alice fierce. And sure. her friendships and the you know I don't know just and the the otherness of Alice as a little weirdo. Yeah, I was I I, I was. I was always sad to see Kristen Parker die. I know. I yeah. loved her from part three yeah. so much. Same, same. And Joey and Kincaid. <laughs> Joe, now you want to talk about a little faggot. Joey, oh Joey and Kincaid were up to no good. Yes, indeed. We Oh, we found some boudoir photos. Of yeah, Joey. we found some some <laughs> sexy photos some of that one. erotica of mm-hmm. Joey. We'll, 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 uh, we, we, we could do this off the podcast. Yes, we'll, we'll pass but, uh, send away, please. <laughs> But uh, in the meantime, we'd love to have you on again in the future for something. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll uh, I will I will keep yeah we'll keep my mind touch, open man. about movies that made me gay. Definitely, thank you so much. Well, <laughs> of course, thanks for coming on. And until next time, it's time to bid you adieu. Bye, man. 
And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thanks so much. Uh, that was a great episode. Mm-hmm. I love talking about T2. I can watch it anytime. Just put it on. And yeah. I'm gonna, you want to like slow me down or just like, <laughs> get me out of your hair, just put on T2. I feel like we bust it. out this 4K disc pretty regularly, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also really like the first movie, too. Oh, my God. I love mm-hmm. the first movie. Um, but the 4K of Terminator 2, the transfer is immaculate. It looks like a brand new movie. The transfer is pretty immaculate. I know that some uh, people do sort of knock it for colors that may not have quite been well, what they originally those, were. It's one of those things. It's like the Lord of the Rings 4K. Yeah, it's true. Because the Lord of the Rings 4K looks more true to Peter Jackson's original color timing yeah. of the theatrical like releases. what the print would have looked but like the print opening on, day. on yeah. the DVD had this weird green hue over everything, and, he, and that was a mistake. Yeah. So, and I think that this movie oh my God, uh, that is shot the of, same. That shot of Robert Patrick driving out of <laughs> Skynet and <laughs> jumping on the helicopter, yeah. it's, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. Get out. Uh, oh, man. T2. Go watch it again, guys. This is the first time we've recorded the episode with just the movie on in the background. Yeah, I'm, seriously. I'm glad that I put it on at the last minute. Yeah, it's a lot of fun doing that. Well, I think it's just that time for of Patreon the episode. Patreon shout-outs? Time for the Patreon shout-outs. <laughs> Love to say hello and thank you. Uh, hello. Hey, hello to Melanie, Christopher, Russ, Seth, Alberto, Esperanza, Nicole, Susan, Barry, JJ, Layton, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Joshua, Emily, Millie, Aaron, Melinda, and Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. A, a lot of Golden Girls talking this episode, but thank you guys so much. Mm-hmm. Head over to patreon.com for some fun additional supplemental material. And thank you for uh, your donations over Yeah, it means a lot. Help us out so much every week, just keeping us afloat and doing this every week for you all. Um, we would love it if you would... Give us five stars. Give us five stars. It helps with that mysterious Apple podcast <laughs> algorithm that yeah. uh, makes podcasts show up. It helps more people to find us. Mm-hmm. You can not only can you give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, but you can also give us five stars now on Spotify. Yeah. Spotify has a five-star rating system. So head over, hit that one on the right. Five stars. Uh, we love it if you would also give uh, us a follow. Give us a follow on any and all of the social media platforms. We are on Instagram and we are on Facebook. We are at Movies That Made Us Gay. And on Twitter at MTMUGPod. Yes, indeed. And if you care to do so, you can follow us personally. My name's Pete. I am at Peter Lasagna on Twitter and Instagram. I am Scott Youngballer on Instagram. And follow my letterbox. See what I'm watching. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, it's time to wrap this up. So until next time, everybody, we will see you very soon. Hasta la vista, baby. (laughs) Baby. Bye. Bye.